Hey, welcome to Horizon. My name is Danny Phillips. I'm the next-gen pastor at 1910 Church. Horizon is a group of young adults in the Bernie and San Antonio area. Joined with me today is Kate Sims and Jordan Wheeler. <laughs> What's we, up? Didn't, we didn't give the nicknames that we normally do, and they are Do you want to explain why? Right now. Well, it took us about 15 minutes just to get the introduction out today, but you know, no big deal. No big thing. Hey, I got a quick question for you guys before we get rolling into mm-hmm. Acts for this week. We're going to be covering Acts 17 through 20, but here's, here's my question. Personal question, but you have to answer it okay. for our listeners. What have you been most excited about over the last several weeks? A little, little personal insight here um, into, into who you are. So... What is something that you've been just super excited about over the last couple of weeks? Okay, I have been super excited about moving into a new place. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, my life got a little uprooted, and so then I found a whole new place to plant roots, and it's been fun and exciting, and now I'm in and I'm packing boxes. I actually lost my Bible in a box. Oh, no. Yeah. That totally that sounds like a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my Bible in a box. Do you Which need box is it in? another Bible? <laughs> no, no, we no. We can help with that here at 1910 Church. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a Bible. It's in a box somewhere. Okay. Well, we'll see how long it Jesus has been good the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's what the handy dandy U version app is. Oh. <gasps> oh wow! And there's a really cool podcast. You Do we have a sponsor? Say it. What you got? Um, okay, this actually sounds so much like me now that I'm thinking about it. But I've been excited about listening to my autumn playlist. <laughs> okay, music. Autumn. Autumn. Wow. I made a. I made seasonal playlists. Hmm. So I have one for spring. I have one for autumn. When one does for your autumn month start? Uh, is October. In, in autumn. So but really, started. but really, November when it gets cold is whenever I start listening so to never it. Never. It's a certain. It's a certain. You get vibe. It's got a three week. It's got a three week window. <laughs> Basically, say. yeah, yeah. But winter is very different than autumn. There's a completely different vibe. For sure. Just well, the thing that lot. I've been most excited about over the oh, last couple of weeks since you guys asked me as well. Oh, yeah. Danny, yeah. please tell us. We're yeah. so excited to hear. Yeah, the thing that I've been most excited about. There's There's been a little bit of a um, kind of back and forth of who's going to move towards victory. And I've been really, really following this um, this group. And I'm, I am so excited that my team... Oh my gosh! Are you talking about baseball? The Los Angeles Dodgers Danny, has no. victory in uh. the World Series of Baseball, and I thought that I'm was just, going a different it's direction. Been, it's been <laughs> since 1980, and I don't know why I'm a Dodgers fan. I just am. Wow. Um, I feel like that's how it is with most sports. And no, there's like a lineage that happens. I don't know. Is I don't know what sometimes? it is. What's your? Do your parents? No. no? Nope. My dad just, was an Atlanta Braves fan. He grew hmm. up in Atlanta. Hmm. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that's that's been my exciting. That's cool. Um, take. I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you ask this question because you had an answer and you wanted to talk about the Dodgers on this podcast? He's smiling. Something that is yes. <laughs> I think yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> you so know when next. you ask a question, you know the answer already. That yeah. was me. So that it's was like, me asking that. Yeah. It's like so. I want to ask you so then I can tell you about me. <laughs> so let's jump into Act Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> we, nice uh, segue. We're we're <laughs> following. Uh, Paul and Silas as they are making a second tour around and it's been a again this is an action-packed 
book as, as we're reading it. The it's called thing, Acts. Acts, so. right. There is action in, you can't spell action without act. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great joke. You, 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 were, you were confident. You can't spell action without act. <laughs> Dang, there's no You heard every is. letter. There and your is. head is like, there's no S. Don't say it. Don't say acts. <laughs> we had to. We had to. Um, but here's what's unique about this. And we, we find several places. So Paul's MO is mode of operation. If you didn't know what MO is. I didn't for a while. I didn't want to look it up. I actually just learned that. The mode just of now. operation, uh, the MO for Paul is that he would go into a city, and oftentimes what we see uh, is that it would be a city where there's high trade. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces and parts and philosophies that are going to go out from that place. But oftentimes he would head towards the synagogue um, and even into the marketplace, right? Um, and so we see this take place in Thessalonica. Uh, we see it in Berea. We see it in Athens. Um, and oftentimes Luke is showing us, hey, there is, um, as a result of Paul's ministry and Silas's ministry in that place, there are some Jews that respond to the, the kingship of Jesus as he unfolds the story of Israel found um, in the fulfillment of Jesus, right? But there's also devout Greeks, um, God-fearing Greeks that are brought into this family. And then they use this phrase, which I think is just a, a fun um, description, not a few leading women. There are a lot. Uh, there are a lot of women that are actively involved in the early church, right? Um, which I think sometimes we just think about the, the early church as being Paul and a group of, of guys that are leading the charge. But And one of the things we'll see today is the influence and action of women leading in the early church. And I think this is just kind of Luke's way of saying, hey, there there was some other action that is was atypical during the first century that um, that wasn't seen um, all the time in that culture, right? Um, again, just, just an interesting kind of side, side note. Super cool. So one of the things that's happening as he's sharing these things, in Thessalonica there's people that are stirred up, particularly those that are uh, zealous Jews are stirred up. They actually follow Paul to Berea, um, and because he's stirred up, almost kind of stirred up the hornet's nest of sorts, they have followed him to Berea to the point that he's got to uh, leave Berea as well, right? Uh, in Athens, he goes to the synagogue, he goes to the marketplace, which, again, that's uh, on par with what he would do in other places. But then they take him to the Areopagus. Now, if you've ever heard of Mars Hill, anybody? Anybody? Yep. Mars Hill. All right. So I've been there. Mars, you have? Yeah. What, what did it look like? What did it smell like? What, what, what was memorable about it? What it um, tastes like? It, well, it was a, we went on this really long hike to get there, and then you can see the entire city. So okay. that's, it's this view. Yep. It was so cool because one of my favorite teachers in high school actually read some of Paul's words that he read mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. It was a super powerful moment because we were staring at this entire city and listening to Paul's words that he would have spoken all those years ago. Yeah. So the, the, the so Areopagus, cool. or what takes place at Mars Hill, um, the, the Areopagus, again, this is a, a setting that is the, the highest court 
Um, and we oftentimes in the church talk about it as a place for philosophical debate. Um, but it was uh, he was brought there on the dangerous charge. Um, N.T. Wright writes this that, that he was brought there on a dangerous charge of bringing foreign divinities into the city. Now, what's unique about this is that the Areopagus was set up in such a way as they had all of the gods represented. And so, if you go back in and read in Acts about this interaction, this exchange, um, Paul is is being. Um, almost brought to trial for bringing foreign gods in. And yet, um, in in the wisdom of the moment, Paul begins to explain, no, this is what we're talking, I'm actually gonna fill a gap here for you and, and show you how uh, Jesus is, is uh, supreme over everything else that you've seen and experienced. And so we often kind of herald um, this experience with Paul as one where he uh, is able to engage with uh, those that think different or act different as, a, as a means of evangelism, and definitely that. But um, I also think it's a, a realization that, that Paul was, was wise in the spirit in the moment, yeah. um, and also using what was around him um, with being winsome and uh, clear about the reality of who Jesus is. Um, so Paul goes on. He, we move on from Athens to Corinth. Again, some of these names should sound familiar if you read some of the New Testament letters. Thessalonica should sound familiar. Corinth. We're, we're about to go into Ephesus. These are letters sent back to these places that Paul has visited. Churches have been established, and he's writing to them after the fact, after the establishment, to check in on them, to provide correction, uh, and, and help them along the way. But Corinth is one place where he finds uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And, and many came to faith in Corinth. Uh, they, they stayed uh, a year and a half teaching because the Lord told Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you uh, or harm you for I have many in the city who are my people. Aquila and Priscilla are some of those people. They were some that were uh, forced out of Rome uh, at the behest of Claudius who exiled Jews from Rome, and they met up in Corinth, right? Uh, they spent some time together, which was uh, really uh, interesting in that place, right? Uh, they go uh, from there to Ephesus, and in Ephesus, uh, Paul, Paul leaves for a bit. Aquila and Priscilla stay there in Ephesus, uh, and they f meet a, a gentleman named Apollos. Now, we'll, we'll hear about Apollos um, in a couple of Paul's letters um, where he will speak to um, some of you uh, get excited that you were baptized by um, Cephas or Peter or Apollos or you follow the teaching of these guys, right? Um, Apollos is one of these. So Apollos <laughs> is a, um, a great um, orator, He's a great um, communicator, um, but he's teaching from the kind of an extension of John the Baptist, right? Okay. And what uh, Priscilla and Aquila do when they hear him, so Apollos begins to speak boldly in the synagogue, Priscilla and Aquila heard him, and they take him aside and explain to him the way of God more accurately, right? So Jesus wasn't just an extension of John the Baptist, but he is the fulfillment of everything that John the Baptist taught, right? right. John the Baptist is a forerunner. 
Jesus of Nazareth is the king that John the Baptist was preparing the way for. So a couple fun things out of this. Um, in regards to Priscilla and Aquila, they were teachers in the early church to help guide um, this young teacher, right? Which means uh, Aquila needed to know the word. Like she was a theological giant to be able to take somebody like Apollos, who was a front man, if you will, um, and guide him in a better understanding of the story of God as explained through his people, Israel. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So cool. Um, and then the, the second thing about Priscilla and Aquila and their relationship with Paul uh, is that they they worked together. So it was they were tent makers together. Um, they taught scripture together, um, and that relationship was one that was uh, fairly firm over the years. The idea of a woman gently correcting a man and kind of steering him in a different direction of like, hey, this is kind of a different way to look at it, different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wonder how many women have the confidence to, I mean, to to correct a teacher, a, a pastor, a preacher, sure. or not correct, but, you know, just have that, give that gentle touch, gentle touch of, hey, this might be a better way to look at it, or hey, here's a bigger picture, sure. or here's, a, um, you know, I've I feel like this is a different way to approach mm-hmm. the way you're teaching this topic. I wonder how many women today have that confidence yep. mm-hmm. to do something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and I would I would assume that there was some sort of rapport that um, Aquila and Priscilla both carried mm-hmm. that allowed them either because of relationship or there's a little bit of of something known about them going into that that allowed them to, to have that entrance in, that mm-hmm. they, they have the right to be heard. Um, and, and I would, for on this side of things, I would, I would think that um, our, our disposition, how we present ourselves to people in that is oh, yeah. vitally important. Oh, yeah. So both the relational component, but also am I walking in humility to say, hey, these are some yeah. observations that will help bring clarity to the story mm-hmm as opposed to, um, you're wrong, let me tell you why I'm right. Right, yeah. I think the, the way we deliver any kind of message to anybody has, is, it's incredibly vital. Um, what is that balance between authority and humility? Are those, are those, uh, are those two different things? How, how does Jesus model that? How do we see both the authority of the kingdom of Jesus, but also humility. One that comes to mind is the woman at the well. Yep. Yeah, that's another example. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. he knew everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that she did, and he said, "Yeah, you can still come to me." Mm-hmm. And it gave her the confidence then to then run to the city. Exactly. Yeah. To then spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the wow. Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and give mm-hmm. his ran- his life as a ransom for many. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, yes, all, all those things are true. I think that's a great, we, a little bit of a, a rabbit trail, but I think uh, for, for a good reason. So, Kate, great question. I'm talking about Asilla, uh, Asilla, <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila. Um, those that, that didn't operate with humility, so great transition here, right? Uh, sons of Sceva. So here, here's the story. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were, uh, were using Jesus 
and Paul's name as as a as a as a voice of authority. I command you in the name of Jesus. They're using Jesus as a means to uh, exercise demons, right? To to get demons out. Um, and so they would invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, um, which is apparently a fun game to play for, for these guys until they're found out. Now, they don't carry the authority mm-hmm. because the, the evil spirit answers them uh, and says, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? Whoa. And, and yeah, just, again, let's just hit the pause real quick and, and go, <laughs> like, best movie you can think of that Ugh. would be a representation of this this again this is not lo- nice little quiet um children's story this is evil spirit um lashing out um and getting ready to to do some damage right yeah um <laughs> and the man in whom uh the evil spirit was in leaped on them mastered all of them and overpowered them so they fled out of that house naked and wounded <laughs> so Again, not your nice little children's story, um, but this is what happens when people um, are are using Jesus for their own means or mm-hmm. reputation, oh, yeah. but aren't allowing Jesus to actually lead. Right. How do you tell somebody, or not, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily telling anybody, but just this idea of somebody who does good acts for their reputation. Mm-hmm. They're without the Holy Spirit. So they don't have the they lack the authority. They have the humility, but they don't have the authority. Or uh, I don't know. Like, am I completely off? Like, obvi- well, what, obviously, what, there's probably have, reputation of who these guys are. Do they have the humility? Because humility says, I, "It's not. I, I'm not True. trying to elevate my name self, or yeah. or self. This is not about me. I am working towards the mm. benefit of something or someone else." And again, we, we, you're right. We don't know their heart. Um, and I think I know what what you mean when you're talking through, well, if there was, what if there was a good work that came out of that? But again, I'm, there, I'm there has to, to be like some the, sort of correction within that. Yeah, that that's, kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm in this place of like, okay, this is what they did. This is, this is, this is, this is the, the script. This is what they just did. So then how do we as believers recognize what they're doing and meet them in a place that they understand where what they're missing in a humble way um because i don't know i don't know there's just like this scenario in my head of this like little kid who doesn't understand that what they're doing isn't yeah. quite you know like necessarily the right with sure you know the, so, the way so there's some Christ. maybe some ignorance within that i with these guys though these are sons of a jewish high priest mm. Yeah. They should be well aware of the story of, of people that try to use God for their own edification or for to, to be lifted up on their own, right? Mm-hmm. What happens next is that there are um, a number of those who had practiced magic arts, brought their books together, and had a good old book burning in the sight of all. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and they counted. So here, here's what's happening is that they counted the value of them, found it to 50,000 pieces of silver. So... Here's here's what that means. There is a reality, something that's happening in the spiritual that's taking place in front of a lot of people. It causes this eye-opening experience, but mm-hmm. then it, it's not just a theological piece, right? In in this book, this autobiography on Paul, 
there's a sentence that a theological proclamation has produced economic challenges, which were then interpreted as civic re- insults, civic insults. Right after that story, um, a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shri- shrines of Artemis, uh, brought no little business to the craftsmen. So because um, of Artemis, the silversmith is raking it in, right? Mm-hmm. Now what happens when people start realizing, oh, this is just a silver statue. It has no actual power. What's what's the livelihood of that silversmith at this point? Hmm. Nothing. He got to figure Not out a, a different, he got to do horseshoes or something besides... <laughs> besides little bitty idols, right? right? And so this is what's happening. Um, mm. when, when Jesus enters the picture, it, it turns the, the current um, culture on its head. What do we value? Ooh. What changes? How, how do people get upset because uh, it, it shifts culture on its head? Because the things that people used to value and worship, and we don't just talk about, when we talk about worship, it's not just the songs that we sing, but it's how we spend our time, money, and attention towards something. And when worship shifts, it changes the things that people used to pay mm-hmm. money, time, and attention to. Have we seen this happen recently? Absolutely. And what examples? I don't know, but we can talk all about asking, them, right? I know, but that's what I'm asking. I'm like, okay, so what are some real-life examples where we've seen culture shift, you know, the spirit move, and so certain parts of our culture are now, people are either needing to find new jobs because whatever it is that they did for a living, except just like this, it's no longer a thing because the spirit moved. Hmm. Have we seen, like, that dramatic of a change? Or... Or the flip side, what is something that we think would not be in existence anymore, or not be, it not, it not, wouldn't be mm-hmm. a prof, profitable industry anymore yeah. because of the spirits move? Like, what are some yeah. things that, I don't know. So, I would say really, really easy um, a, a couple things. One, on the kind of more um, behind closed doors piece, if, if the church responded, I'm talking about like actual people, um, not just the church going, well, this is bad, but. If the people within church mm-hmm. said, um, we will have no part in pornography. Oh, like, yeah. uh, uh, like that whole industry would shift because the church is complicit oh, yeah. um, as the people are complicit within that industry. Yeah. Um, both on the uh, kind of the, the hardcore side of that, but also on the, the exploitation of people and the hypersexualization of, of people in general. Ooh, right? Yeah, I thought of that too. That whole industry would shift. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And then it would it would save a lot of like the sex trafficking and things like Absolutely. that because there's mm-hmm. no longer an industry for it. There's right. no longer right, a desire exactly. for it. Right. So it would almost must completely shift right. our focus right because yeah. i don't know Ooh. and then this next one. one would be this is probably a little bit more um everybody would be like well yeah i could see how that would happen this next piece is probably gonna be a little bit more controversial for some people in um or uh in our culture is we we build these giant shrines excited and we and we Fill these these temples, if you will, with people, and then there's some really talented people. We might call them gladiators or kind of modern day gladiators or yep. Yep. figures that yep. that worship these these figures that are playing. Are you with me now? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. have a sports arena filled with worship that's taking place. Ooh. We give our time, energy, and attention towards them. Yeah. And then how does that change how we raise our families? You know, it's funny. This actually reminds Whoa. me. So I was I was standing with a friend the other day, and she was talking about um, 
how much someone she knows knows how like all about stats and yep. people and their things and like if you just say one thing about this person they're gonna be like oh i, I know exactly who you're talking about they have this stat they have this batting average speed kick right punch, right all they know all of the things yeah and so the challenge question is like okay but do you know that much about jesus yeah and about the bible yeah and like oh no but like but like you know and i feel like we can so quickly go like but that's it's different yeah, yeah. It's like, but is it though but oh yeah, that's th- good those things would change um and again th- those um when when we talk like sex is not not a bad thing sports are not a bad thing yeah um i mean i think movies books yeah all those things again those aren't bad storytelling is good but when they become the ultimate uh they become places of worship yeah and if if christ followers were to to live out this faith that we proclaim to actually jesus really is ultimate he is the object of worship and Mm -hmm. my affection goes towards him and him alone then i have a right lens through which to then utilize um story and sex and Mm -hmm. sport in a way that that would shift um the the economic output Mm -hmm. of our culture and it would throw some upheaval oh yeah but but i tell you this if we as a church did um life different and gave a, a higher calling to these things, how much more enjoyable um, would those things be? How much of hmm. a greater picture would that paint? And how much more um, uh, uh, would hearts be stirred towards Jesus when things are put in their proper order? Mm. Yeah. I don't think we'd, we'd run into as many like daily issues and problems. Because I think our the I think the daily struggle for people is when they put other things above Jesus, yeah. unintentionally. Yeah. But it, that's just natural, like you said. Yeah. It's just become our natural way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like it would become less of this, like, oh my gosh, I keep forgetting to, you know, do Bible time in the morning, or like, ugh, where did all my money go? Like, I don't have enough money to tithe because I spent all my money right. on, you know, these things. Um, and I think if our priorities shift we can continue to do this inward look of our heart and then we can, it'll be so much easier to like to evangelize and Mm -hmm. to serve because we're not dealing with our priorities being out of whack. On top of that, I would almost go as far to say that it wouldn't necessarily make our life easier. No. Yeah. Because I'm not going to pretend that Christian life isn't a struggle, but I don't think, I think right now it's because we're trying to integrate this um biblical perspective into a secularized world Mm. yep yep there you go that's a better way to say and (laughs) (laughs) there's the word (laughs) we're trying to make this integration and it's almost as if we're not working it's not working right and so yeah but i think it's not supposed to Uh yeah it's not supposed to work like that it's not supposed to work but also i think that in turn gives the response that we have is like oh this is the struggle that we have is that we're trying to be in the world and not of the world but i think if daily we were living lives as christians Mm -hmm. in a better way because Mm -hmm. there's always room for improvement if we were truly doing it the right way like acts i think it wouldn't necessarily make our lives easier it would just introduce different problems if that makes sense yeah like paul being in prison and being persecuted that's a different problem than Mm. not doing bible study daily it's just a different perspective but there are still problems 
right? It's not easier. It's just different problems. So then the first, so the next thought was in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. So like if we, if we've, if we've settled this argument by saying yes, eliminating those things, changing our perspective, changing our priorities, will then solve those issues only to completely rewire our lives and create mm-hmm. new issues. So mm-hmm. the new issues and new problems be at the forefront. What's the, like my, my brain immediately went to, okay, so then what's the point? How do you, like, what's the point of then improving, getting rid of those things in the first place? If all we're going to do is highlight different problems. I think if this sounds weird, the problems are almost better. Oh no! I to- I'm totally sense? agreeing, but yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm it, just trying to think great, of like. I think the- it's a great question because you're you're trading out um, comfort for more like an internal struggle of like, oh, I know I should do this, as mm-hmm. opposed to the other where Paul is literally being chased uh, out of Berea because people are coming from Thessalonica, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, people are wanting to get ri- like get out of our space. Mm-hmm. There's riots breaking out and a town clerk that's having to basically say, Hey, riot, calm down. Like there's chaos in this place because right. of you. Right. Um, but there's also attention being drawn towards Jesus mm-hmm. as the one who's better and I'm not sitting there like, well, I just don't feel like I'm good enough because I didn't do the thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do. We're, we're amplifying. There's there's an amplification of new creation. That this is how things could and should be in Jesus's new creation, as opposed mm-hmm. to this like insulated. It's all about me and my mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, I just thought about this. So I'm sure we've all been there. We've all been there in places where as we study and grow closer to the Lord, there's just like an overwhelming joy. Yeah, definitely. um, That our struggles seem to hurt us mentally and physically less Mm -hmm. than if we were away from God in part and away from God. And so I feel like maybe a response could be like, yes, you're right. You're you're eliminating this problem. We're getting rid of it only to heighten another one. Mm -hmm. But by eliminating that problem, like you even now shifted our priorities. And so our priority is now spending time with the Lord and learning more about him. Right. So then walking into these new problems that have just arisen could be potentially easier on our hearts mm-hmm. because we're closer to the Lord I can see that. than when 75% of our day was spent with our nose to Netflix. Yeah. Watching almost, it almost makes those problems that are more newly bearable. introduced yeah. worth it. So it, it kind of goes not back. Problems, they're not quote unquote Problem. problems yeah, 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 yeah. at all because they were never meant to be problems. That, that, exactly. This is just yeah. what it looks like. Exactly, yeah. So like Paul, and this is normalcy. When he was given his, because we talked about this last week, like, I remember I asked the question, I was yeah. like, do you think Paul remembers mm-hmm. the the truth that was spoken over his life Mm -hmm. and you're like well absolutely yeah because it's from the lord specifically and then by being Mm -hmm. with the lord he's been through all of these trials and tribulations but he never forgets who god is and the foundation that he's built his entire life upon it's what keeps him going it was to keep keeps him going and so i think through this process of eliminating and kind of reshifting and reprioritizing our lives and making god the center of it we we would kind of have that more outlook on life is like i know my foundation i know my truth Mm -hmm. I know who I'm doing this for and with. Yeah. So makes yeah makes our new found not problem but right hills and valleys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right absolutely. And it's I a guess part you could call that. it like resistance because it's mm-hmm. not normal mm. because we're going against the grain. Yeah. The yeah. new resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like true. a rebel but group was, kind of. It was completely within. Um, the, the normal operation of the early church that that was just life yeah um, and and it was and it was completely worth it right mm-hmm. right 
We'll close out with this thought. That, that <laughs> I'm like, Acts I want to keep going. We're talking about close out. <laughs> Wait, I do have an extra. I want. I have one more thing okay, I want okay, to say. All right. Okay, if we apply all of these ideas to a current day event, when we were talking about human trafficking, sex yeah. trafficking, mm-hmm. and yeah. pornography, yeah. if we were to, how do I put this? Go at that issue, address right. that issue, and fight against it mm-hmm. as hard as the early church did. Right. I can totally see something happening like these riots breaking out oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. something being flipped on its head like i would totally i would totally get on board with that yeah, yeah. it's going to be people if that, that make money from the industry that's yeah. it i mean it's it gets to a point where it could be so overwhelming there are so many issues in the world it's almost like where do we start what yeah. what do we what do we tackle first because you can't necessarily say one is more important than the other because you're like it's human life mm-hmm. it's there are so many things that are important and that you can't you can't necessarily prioritize but mm-hmm. starting somewhere is better than just sitting getting overwhelmed by all of the issues in the world yep like actually going for it and being in the front lines and doing something and making an actual change yeah it makes those resistances worth it it's almost as if so everyone has a calling on their life so everyone just did their duty everyone mm-hmm. just did their job mm-hmm. and we all did it together right. mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like a one thing okay we're done we got that marked off the list okay, right. next right. instead we would all be moving together slowly mm. yeah closer right. to the kingdom of god so so here's what's <laughs> happening is that and we'll see it next chapter as well but we'll, we'll go ahead and give a little bit of an introduction here is that chaos with the riots um, happens here in in our reading this week in Ephesus, right? There, where, where the enemy wants to stir up division, he creates chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, yeah. And, and that absolutely is a thing. Um, oh, yeah. So for the church to be unified towards a singular goal, which is the person and work of Jesus... Um, and to put these other identities to the side is hugely important. So, so not even necessarily the the agenda that you have, but how that agenda or how the the following of Jesus plays out in your individual individual life, like the the specific calling you have, not as greater or lesser than someone else's calling, but in tandem with someone else's oh, yeah. calling, hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. that moves the ball down the field, right? Definitely. And we do see that to the to the point where in in Acts twenty, starting verse thirty six, um, Luke says this. And we had said these things. So Paul gives kind of a, a last farewell, goodbye to his friends in Ephesus. Um, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and they kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. They hmm. were in such lockstep with each other. They knew regardless of what was going to happen around them, regardless of the fact that they may not see Paul, that there was a unity of spirit for them collectively as Jesus followers. Yeah. That's Isn't so that powerful. what God intended for marriage? to be it's it's not a um we're going to become as we're going to become one you're going to drop what you're doing and come join me along what i'm doing it's we're going to come together i was listening to the porch podcast and he gave a really cool this this um example was going in line with their their teaching of um what whatever you bring into your marriage like you you don't just magically drop all of your issues like you're putting it together so he gave a suitcase scenario like you're going to blend yep and go you're not emptying and keeping apart right. you're, you're going to like because his example is so funny it was like 
his bag was seven pounds and her bag was 15 pounds over the limit. Right. And so they had to like take some out of hers to put into his and vice versa to make it work. Right. And so it's kind of that idea of it's like, I'm not asking you to stop your journey and I don't want you to. Instead, right. I want us to join forces and continue on this journey together mm-hmm. in our own lanes, yep. but we're heading towards the same goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know, just for some reason, for, in my mind, it thought like going back to the beginning, like the God created, um, like the bride, the the mm-hmm. church is just mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. it's so like individually the, unified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We we know our God ordained, God given um, makeup, mm-hmm. how we're wired, but also how that plays within the greater body, right? Yeah. And so there was this um, this quote I've been sitting on for a long time. But how can <laughs> we be okay with not making demands of someone's conscious? So, oh. we, so we may we may see things different than somebody else around us. So how can we not? Mm. Uh, how can we be okay with not making demands on someone's conscious, but do make demands on one's charity in the things that we disagree on? And charity is a, a hospitality of the soul. I've heard this from you, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. I was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> on the things that we may not be all on the same page. And so that for me, that's a formula for unity, hmm. even though we may operate a little bit differently. So yeah. Horizon, we're going to, we're going to hit a, hit a pause point uh, for, for this week. We've had a lot that we've covered, but we do hope that you find unity and, um, and the people that you're around as, as you follow Jesus together. And we look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye.